Hello, welcome back to episode nine of the God Pod. Bit of a hiatus because of the uh, the Six Nations influence on Welsh rugby, but it's good to be back. Um, hopefully, all our listeners have come back to us. But I'm joined tonight with the ever-present Lewis Barker and the rugby tourist Will Morkin, who is head to toe in star. Antoine de Pont's brother has rocked up. His dad. <laughs> Granddad, Granddad, I think it's probably <laughs> Grand Pair. I think he's probably a more accurate voice. How are we doing, fellas? Not bad, not bad. Double XL. I'm XL now. Yeah. Oh, so I'm fight. I'm fighting it. <laughs> Double XL, possibly soon. So we've got to we've got to start today's episode with a bit of a story. Will's going to tell us a story about what happened on his way to the pod tonight to my house to record. That is Belton. Well, that's quite so, embarrassing, so, actually, boys. Got so, off a, a bit of a bit of a foot, footnote. Lou's got a new car. Yeah. BMW. So anyway, got off a bus, walking along, world on my own as normal, on my phone with a friend of a pod, Scott Lawson, just chatting about a few things. BMW pulls up next to me. I think, oh, Lou's new car, no Lou's problem. Lou's giving me a lift, yeah. Lou's giving me a lift, great. What a nice bloke, as always. As always. Tried to open the door, looked in, the young bloke in there absolutely shat his fucking pants. <laughs> Thought I was coming in to fucking mug him or something. He bangs the locks on the door. Yeah. Looks petrified. Who's this pedo? Yeah, literally. Literally, what is going on here? Literally. Well, have you got matchials underneath that? So, anyway, literally, thank God it wasn't a young woman, and I'd probably be in the police. We've been police. Yeah, police headquarters. Just managed to say, sorry, lads, mistaken identity. I thought it was somebody else. Move on. (laughs) That's brilliant. It's a brilliant start to the pod, that, isn't it? Yeah, it follows you around, doesn't it? Sure. Absolute, absolute shocker. And and Lou, you you had an interesting weekend uh, on the the bench. Didn't see that result coming, mate. Yeah, and he did, to be honest. Did not see that at all. 70, oh, couldn't go out afterwards, but I did. Oh, my God, Jersey. What a nice out. Absolute belter. It just um, shows, by the way, how old you are getting, but you think a night out in Jersey is a fucking belt. I had the best, best, best positive news was uh, I met your son for a coffee yesterday, and he goes, he's still doing that shit with my dad. I went, what do you mean? That shitty podcast. <laughs> he is the most negative <laughs> person went, in Britain. Oh, have, you not, have you not listened? Me, me him and Lynn's having a coffee in Starbucks in Rutland, and he was like, have I listened to that shit? No, I haven't, blah, blah, blah. And Lindsay was like, do you know what? It's actually quite good. So it's quite nice to hear from my wife that she actually thinks... Oh, it would be nothing, from my, be nothing from my son on that school. He <laughs> yeah. is Mr. Negative. But, uh, yeah. What have you been up to, Kyle? You sat over the sling on me. Make minor injuries, me. You've um, either done something to your shoulder or you've had repetitive strain injury on your wrist. I'm not going to work out which one it is in that sling, in all honesty. <laughs> well, we've been pregnant. We're probably exactly. <laughs> we've literally been pregnant. I was reckoning it was the latter. Yeah. No, um, bit, of a, bit of a nasty fall <laughs> on the weekend, yeah. Bit of a tackle, uh, fell on my shoulder, um, popped in and out of the old shoulder dislocation and uh, a bit of ligament damage, so just giving it oh, a big... No. Sergio, pitches are hard at the moment, oh, aren't they? Oh, mate. Found out the weekend, yeah. <laughs> Christ almighty, run rings around us. But yeah, no, they are tough. They well, are hard. When I, got tackled, when I got tackled on the weekend, went down, um, uh, the in-laws were watching with my dad, and they were like, we didn't know what had happened. This big plume of dust just came up in the air as soon as you fell. Get a big dent in that pitch now. <laughs> it'd, take, it'd take a lot, but yeah. Fair amount of sands had to go in that yeah. over the weekend. But, Dad, um, bod. Dad bod pending. No, but we're good though, aren't we? Have we enjoyed the Six Nations so far? You're not a fan of it, are you? Not really? a big fan of the Six Nations, no. no. Apart from France games. The, the France-Scotland the France, um, game was about Oh, it was good, that. Was, and the France-Island game was yeah. about her. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, I think it's been pretty predictable. I think Ireland at the moment are a little bit better than everybody else. Um, and Ireland playing France at home is the advantage. They look comfortably the best team, don't they, at the moment, yeah. to be yeah. honest. Uh, and a bit of a, a bit of a bit of noise from me in terms of rugby. Have you seen that Irish 10 in the 20s, Prendergast? Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Oh, very oh good. mate. Do you reckon as soon as Sexton pops his clogs, he's just going to fill his socks? He, he looks, know, he looks transformation like, from 20s to seniors. He, he looks like Sexton, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he got, that, got that swag about he's him. He's got the thing that all good players have. He's got time on the time ball. On the ball yeah. That's what you say about me, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, should we dive right back into where we always begin with the Div 1 review from this weekend? Yeah, just before we start on Div 1... Um, just wanted to say, Nant, I think we need to give... Nant Conway. Yep. Massive credit. Oh, Massive yeah. credit for their win over Bonnie Mine in the yeah, final that is, cup. That is yeah, brilliant. Congratulations. Well done, boys. That's um, amazing. That. I know someone who went to see it. Um, apparently, they completely dominated Bonnie Mine. Yeah, so I, I heard that as well. And Bonnie Mine are top of Div 1 West Central or something, so they're not, they're not well, a ropey well, team no at all. Apparently, Bonnie no. Mine had a huge pack yeah, of that, that. and Nant just took them to the cleaners, mate. Just took matched them. Well, and, and, you know, I, I gather they really did him for fitness. Good, mate. We played Terry on the weekend, the seconds, and mate, I was gassed after thirty. They they play this this offloading game that they teach them at Nan at a young age. It must be it's incredible like, when they get it flowing and every offload goes to hand. And it was convincing one at twenty four seven. And I think it was a late try they gave. I was told it was a penalty really? try, which the ref almost gave out of sympathy. Bonnie, mind. Really, <laughs> Ridian Priest got a Patrick. What oh, we talked, you've talked about him all year, haven't we? I tell you what, not a good place to go either, Bonnie Miner. We've been there, RGC, oh, been haven't there. we? Absolute shithole, that is. It's yeah. Twin Towns isn't is filming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's a bit of a scary place. Though. Yeah, yeah. But, um, have you heard where the neutral semi-final is? No, I haven't, actually. I wouldn't be impressed. How, how for RGC? Um, I wouldn't be that impressed if I was St. Peter's. Aberheron. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, it's obviously closer to, to Nantes, isn't it? But, Bizarre yeah. choice, I think, for, yeah. for a cup semi-final. Where would you have had it? I'm not sure, but not a Barrero. No disrespect. But anyway, that's yeah, where it yeah. is. Okay. And it's on the 1st of April. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Speaking of neutral grounds, RGC have got theirs in the semi-final of the Welsh Cup, haven't they? They're yeah, Merthyr. Merthyr, Merthyr. Yeah. yeah. Very neutral. It's got to have a, a certain capacity. I imagine it's got to have a certain capacity. I imagine it's got to have the same regs as if you a team if you're in the Premiership, I'm guessing. It, you can't go and put it at Lloyd's or Brecon or something like that, can no. you? So, but yeah, obviously, commiserations to um, to Mould against St. Clair's and obviously um, to Lloyd's against Tonner. But well done for getting that far. Yeah, um, for what I heard about that St. Clair's Mould game, it was 35-21, but it was a lot closer than that scoreline suggests. That's so, a tough um, old place to go. It's in the middle of nowhere. I've been there eighth grade before. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but obviously, um, Nant Conway into semi-finals now. Would like to think they'll they'll win that and then probably go to Prince. I think St Peter's are a Cardiff team, aren't they? Yeah, St Peter's are Cardiff. They're, they're just oh, St Clair's. No, no, no St Peter's. Peter's. Oh, that's who they've got. Sorry, yeah, in the yeah, semis. Yeah, yeah sorry. Cardiff team. Yeah, they are. Um, and then Nantes in the league this week um, beat Clangheveny sixty-one twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I got Ivan Williams was their man of the match. Yeah, and it looks like it's like we said all season. It looks like they're pretty convincing. Yeah, I've got some. Andrew McMinimi got a try and a conversion for Gevney. McMinimi at it again. And Fly congratulations to he's got the hub officer job, hasn't he? In yeah, Gevney. yeah. You mentioned that in the last part. Yeah. So he's well, well him. isn't he? We, you know, we, we said it. We've seen him. He played well then. But for me, there's only one fixture we can talk about this weekend. Div one, Denby. 
First win of the season. Yeah, beat Dolly 40, 40 points to 19. Tom said hat-trick. Tommy said hat-trick. What a boy. First league win of the season. Yeah. And what is really interesting, I don't know if you boys are aware of this, that Demby had a penalty, um, points penalty, points taken off them. They're appealing against that. And if they were to win that appeal, I think they go, might even go above Dolls. Certainly be very close to them in the league. Oh, really? So it would really open up so the, what's um, the... is the points penalty because another club has... I couldn't tell you why. They must have not been able to fulfil a we, fixture or something. Yeah. I think because there's been a couple of teams in North Wales now that have had that points penalty. But they are appealing against it, so... Tom yeah. said so. Real about the ears, baby. Yeah, apparently. Brilliant. And I think, I think uh, Griff Roberts had a good game as well. Yeah, OK. And I gather they were all celebrating in the Masons in town. Oh, what a place. I love that place. In the Denby. Uh, yeah. Carnarvon beat Banner 34-15. Yeah. And did you know Carnarvon have two pairs of brothers in the team? Two pairs of brothers? Yeah. One of them, not surprisingly... Jai and Liam. No, I don't think Jai's playing at the moment. Oh. Oh. Good guess, though. Yeah, it was all right, though. Evans? Is it Evans? No, Jones, Ellis and Bedwer. Oh, and Carwin... Um... You won't guess the others. No chance you will guess the others. Oh, God. Not a hundred million years, you'll guess the others. Go on, Don't know. It's Lewis and Lindsay Adcock, who are from Adelaide. Adelaide, hey, mate. <laughs> hey, mate. Hey, dude. Fed's coming out of Canarva, mate. Yeah, so I'm not sure what they're doing in Canarva, <laughs> but they are both playing for Canarva. It's on their Facebook page. There's a picture. There's a picture of the four of them, and they all look about four of them. All look about seventeen. Really? Yeah. Good players, or they must, must be decent play for Carnarvon, don't you? To be fair, yeah, yeah. are they over in uni? Reckon maybe Bangor? I, I, I was going to make a gross generalisation, but one of them was sheep shearing or something. I don't know. We don't, don't sheep shear this time, of year, do you? No. No. So anyway, but anyway, two pairs of brothers, Carnarvon carrying on doing very well. Yeah. Did no beat Bethesda thirty six seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Saw that. I, I'm looking at the table there. Do you think did no finish their games? Because I I've heard a few little rumours now that they're saying like, well. Even if we tried to get all our games in, there's not enough weeks in the year to get them in. Well, there is because the season's been extended. Like, I know. Only by two weeks. Yeah. Only by two. That are genuine with like rest weeks and all this other stuff planned. That the room has it, they might not get. There's those. a lot of messages appearing on that fixture. Yeah, there is. Group people desperate Mid- for games. Midweek games, yeah. yeah. Like so that. you're gonna have to throw midweek games in because did now. I think they're the five games behind now. Fair, fair number. I just wanted to ask you, boy, you might know. Uh, try scorers for Didno, Toby Roberts got a double. And also Connor Henderson. Is Connor Henderson related to Reese Henderson? Yeah, yeah he's yes, brothers. And Reese Henderson, for people who don't know, he's, he is top of a try scoring chart in National 2 North. 20 tries this season for Sedgley Park. There's a couple of, a couple of goals at Sedgley. Oscar Crow scored this weekend. Yeah. He scored against Fylde this weekend. True, didn't they? It was a big result. Uh, big crowd, too. Yeah. Fat, that... Over a thousand there, yeah. Oh my god! And then Riffin twenty two twenty against Cobra. Last minute kick from Dan. Dan Williams, who yeah. I think was man of the match. Yeah, there's that video cool. circulating on uh, socials as well. That's a belter, isn't it? Oh. But um, I gather it was a bit of a feisty affair. Back a few scraps. Oh, oh that's really love to see that. Yeah. For some reason, so a Cobra fan was telling me at the weekend. What are they doing talking to you? I mix, mm. I mix around, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, because you like them now. He, no comment <laughs> this particular person I've always gone with but he was telling me that for some reason there's a lot of niggle between Cobra and Riffin and no, he doesn't know why but there's a lot of niggle in that fixture apparently now his, historically that's yeah. this happened probably previous fixtures probably back in 2014 when we were sticking 60 on them every time we played them 
I doubt you're anything to do with it, Callum. I really do. <laughs> I'm sorry to take away that from you, but I really do doubt that. I don't think I even played. <laughs> anyway, um, so at the top of the table, Nant a seven ahead of Riffin, eight ahead of Carnarvon. Yeah. Um, and they got a game in hand game on in Riffin. Hand as well. But they do have to play... 8th of April, they play Carnarvon at Carnarvon. And I think they've got to play Riffin away as well. Yeah, yeah. but I can see 8th of April at Carnarvon. It could be over by then. You know, if Carnarvon have got to win every game, haven't they? I think Nanda still. Yeah. But if they do win every game and it goes to that, that could be an absolute bell ringer. You, you talk about that, though. That, yeah, Rod Evans wants me to go and watch that one. That could be He's decided. waiting on ACL reconstruction. You know? Played on Saturday. I know. He's waiting for the surgery. Is he? And he's just playing. Yeah, Josh Woods did that for a whole year at Chester. That's, That's very Rod Evans, though. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, but it could 17th be, of March. could be over by then, though, couldn't it? Pafelli plays Carnarvon. Carnarvon. Yeah. But they have got... Oh, Carnarvon will beat Pafelli. They have got... Yeah, Carnar- Carnarvon, I am told, have got a hell of a pack. Well, I, well, I went to watch that game against um, Riffin when Riffin won. And that's the... You know... I wouldn't say it was a hell of a pack. Well, they were dominating teams with their yeah, pack, I think. Well, Maybe there was a few boys the, missing. Turn the corner. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. well done to them. So all to play for. But the next lot of next lot of fixtures, twenty fifth of March. Really. Well, there's a few. I know there's a few this week. week aren't and, you know, we've got Thursday. We've got Nantes versus Danby half seven at Nantes, and Friday Bala versus Pathelli half this is, seven. This is the time of year Bala. when it starts getting a bit messy with fixtures, doesn't it? Like yeah, a bit, bit sporadic. Yeah. Oh, that's a word to use. That it's sporadic. <laughs> so on to div two. Yep, yeah, Div 2, you can talk us through this one, Cal. Real 29, Terry Nan 20. Yeah, very, very good entertaining game, to be honest. Um, we were down in the last 10 minutes. Um, we were losing. Um, Tay Roop scored four tries, didn't get any of their conversions. Um, not one. I think if they had kicked those points, we'd have been out of it by that point. But um, Debutant came on, Zach Goddard scored a try. Um, and then Tommy Jones kicked a penalty, which all but sealed it. We got five. Yeah, you were off the field at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went off injured about 10 minutes to go and that's when we got two tries and a penalty. <laughs> Get Callum off the field. I was going to say, pure coincidence, obviously. Yeah. Um, but no, we played some good rugby and it was a great turnaround. You know, we played them a fortnight ago in the North Wales Cup um, and we were, weren't the team that we know we could be and great to be able to turn that round. Our average age on the weekend, starting lineup, 20 years and five months. That's very good. Very good. I was the oldest player. Well, you, you, you're in a bit of form. You, you guys in Welshpool, obviously Wrexham, uh, uh, you know, uh, run away with the top league in good form. But you and Welshpool are in pretty good form at the minute. Yeah. I mean, if you win your next three games, well, you've got three games in hand. And obviously you'd prefer not to have three games in hand. You'd prefer to have played them. But if you win those three, you go second. Yeah, so those games in hand are Welshpool, which are both arranged for a fortnight apart at the end of the season um, to go to their place last game. Well, our... Last game in April. Um, we shot in. God knows what's happening with that. Um, and then we got Wrexham a fortnight on Friday. We've got Colm Bay this Friday at home. Um, Friday night lights. Friday night lights, gutted. I'll, I'll be out for that. that. Um, I'm out for the following Friday then. The Wrexham game, a bit gutted about that as well. Um, because I just think the way we're playing, lads are starting to understand what we're trying to do. And it's, it's nice to see lads developing. And which We started training on a Thursday night and we're doing run-throughs with the under-16s because the youth train on a Wednesday with the women's. Uh, we we run, run against the under-16s because um, our nights don't match up. But it's great. You know, these young lads are running against us. We're able to run shape against someone. 
it's just it, it's nice to see a bit of development. Um, two side, take a bit of battering. No, can't get a two side out of the minute, really. Mate. We had 32 lads available this weekend. It's you're not just, gonna fill, I mean, I can't, you're not going to fill all your fixtures in with twos, are you? Uh, I don't want to make an official comment, but it's, it's looking very difficult. You won't have the number of games you've got to play now. Yeah, we just. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it's it's, I feel bad on the other teams that we've let down. You know, well, we, you're not we, haven't, we, haven't, we haven't let them down, Mike. But it, <laughs> you haven't done it deliberately. No, we, we generally are trying to get teams and. I mean, other results in that, Dave. Welsh Pool beat Bangor, 30 points to 29. Andy Baston, man of the match, you said. Andy Baston was the Bangor man of the match. Two tries and a visit to A&E. <laughs> he messaged me today from A&E. He thinks he might have cracked a rib. Oh, oh God. Um, he said it was a very poor standard game. And the Welsh Pool man of the match was Jason Isaac in the centre. Well done, Jason. Oh, well, I'm sure um, Cadwallader won't be happy with that. Yeah. He nominated someone. Him like and Strangsy, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Strangsy, my he nominated someone. He said he's going to riot if they don't get one of the match. So I think it's going to be a riot on our hands. And then um, the ball game. 35-22 Newtown. Yeah, I've, I've watched that. On the I've watched that on the um, on the video afterwards. Um, yeah, uh, but do you know who's back playing for for Mold? Jack Martin. Yeah, I saw that. Jack Martin kicked a couple of goals. Didn't he? So prop. No, he's he's back at ten. He's been in the gym. He's lost a bit of weight. He's he's and he's gone. Actually, no, I want to get back involved. Change man. Seth was away skiing or something, and uh, but Hoppo played, um, started was he, he he was good. Um, but two minor matches there were Reese Letizia, um, yeah, second row. He, he, he was he was he was very good. Um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, uh, I tell you, he did play as well. Uh, Owen Willi- you said two man of the match. Yeah, I did. I've I forgotten. So there's one man of the match, Reese. <laughs> Newtown was Reese Williams, by the way. Flanker. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I t- who did play came off the bench. Obviously, Owen Williams plays every week, doesn't he? But his brother Louis oh, was on the bench, came on first at. Team uh, yeah, first team baby came on at fullback, I think, or, or on the wing. Any good? Uh, showed a bit, yeah, showed a bit. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, you know, good win. Um, that keeps them third behind Colin Bay, but they have got a game in hand over Colin Bay. Yeah, Wrexham and Colin Bay are joined top on 39, but Wrexham have got three games in hand. Yeah. And I think really the only debate is whether uh, Wrexham go unbeaten or not. I would. Yeah. I'd, I'd put money on that. I think got But that was two up. Um, so it's, 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 it's quite... A, down, but it? it's quite a big year for Mould because if they, you know, if, if they do go up there... Then that obviously frees up the two, the two teams to come up, and we'll obviously we'll get on to Div Three Northeast. But it's it's turned into actually, you know, the next four or five games are pretty big for Mould in terms of the club. If they get the fir- they get the first team up into Div One, and the second team up into Div Two, bloody hell, that's that stands Mould in good stead moving forward, doesn't it? It does. Um, at the bottom, Shotner played four games only this season. That's a shocker, isn't it? So quite clearly, they're not going to compete well, what, complete the season, and I assume uh, they'll go down to Div Three Northeast next season. I just don't understand why nothing's been done about. Because I'm, I, I just don't understand why, why is no one just making a call? Like, you know what I mean? I'm not sure how it works. I'll be honest with you. We're trying to make, we're trying to make every fixture available. I'm like Dale and myself contacting people, trying our best to, you know, fill weekends when first team aren't on XYZ to make sure a game's possible. But it's just. Proven very, very difficult. Just, just on the on the on the leagues. Do you think it's Wrexham and Mould for you still, or do you think Bay are in there? No, I think Wrexham and Mould. I think Wrexham and Mould. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Will are potentially in there? No. 
And you told me anyway, Cal, that you think it's too early for real. I think it's too early, but I think we're in there. Got to be I mean? if, if say say if we go and get a result against the Bay tonight and uh, um, on Friday night, and then we win those games in hand, you know, if we beat Mould away, I think Mould are better than you. We've, we've only lost three games this year. We've I know we've only played eight, but you know. I think Wrexham are the best team and Mould are the second best if we team. Be, if we yeah. beat the Bay, if we go... If we delighted, beat, I will be delighted to be proved wrong, though, Cal. I'd be delighted. About, well, because it'd be fucking hard. <laughs> I would be delighted. I'd be pleased if Rule did well, wouldn't I? Well, 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 Will's, Will's name's on the board at Rule. I'd be pleased to be Rule did well. What? And you don't... Like, oh, what's you get? Also, Sue, that's just all it gets against us, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's oh, really oh, cup oh, final. You hate us. I get it. I get it. Mate, you're playing for Coley now, mate. You're not actually... Get over it, mate. You're not at Mould now. You're not at Mould, okay? Oh, fucking lost my head then. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely lost it completely. It's time to welcome our special guest this week. And we've got Oswestry head coach and head organiser and developer and CEO of the Heart of Wales Sevens, Jordan Davis. Welcome to the Gog Pod, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it, boys. No, what? Now I remember Jordan meeting you many, many years ago when you used to come all the way up from Clanid Lois to help out do a bit of coaching of RGC 18s. Um, and you probably told me then, because obviously you're South Walian, how you ended up in Clanid Lois. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your your background, rugby career, and how you got to Clanid Lois in the first place? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I came up to Sanid Lois at the right age of uh, 23 as uh, a newly qualified PE teacher. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll c- come up to Mid Wales and see what all the fuss is about for a couple of years. Um, you know, the bright lights of Sanid Lois. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, you think you have a couple of years and move on. Um, and then as you do, you sort of, you know, meet a wife and get a couple of kids. And here I am 13 years later. So, um, you know, my, my playing background is is mainly with Skewin, Skewin RFC down in uh, South Wales between Neath and Swansea. Um, you know, scrum half, outside half, just choppy little shit, really. Um, We've got one of them here, mate. Yeah, yeah, the, we do float around. Um, and then, yeah, so, you know, again, like a, like a lot of people really just started coaching, um, you know, when I was in Skewin, just helping out with the under sevens, the under eights with, uh, with one of my mates back uh, back, the, back at home. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just sort of obviously with a PE background as well. Um, I tried to rustle through my through my awards, so I got up to level three uh, with Diegs and 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 everybody uh, when I first moved to Sanid Lois. Um, went to Harpreet to get my masters in coaching science, um, and you know, sort of seen coaching as a potential sort of you know sort of pathway in in. You know, not just not just sort of academically in school, but obviously that side of things as well. So always a bit of a, a, a craving underneath to sort of push on and maybe look at a level four one day. Um, but obviously, as you know, sort of mid Wales opportunities for elite rugby are, are quite difficult. So yeah, I mean, and, and did did you end up coaching at Clyde Lloyd's? Yeah, so I was I was head coach at Clyde Lloyd's seniors for seven years. Um, between between promotions and cups and sevens tournaments, we we managed nine trophies. So I'll I'll stick my name to that. Wow. Um, Bit of and, gaps in mid Wales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I won't go that far, but um, yeah, no. And and you know, like anything else, really good good bunch of boys, good sort of turnover of boys, and you know, real real good positive, good good set of memories from those seven years. A couple of good tours thrown in. 
Um, you know, that's what it's all about, the local rugby, isn't it? And, and just enjoying it. So, um, for, me, George, for me, just like with, with your age being what it was and being a, a head coach of a senior setup, yeah. uh, I've done a little bit nothing to compare to what you've done, but a little bit of coaching. And what have you what have you seen about like how the how the players react? Obviously, with your age, obviously it, it can be a barrier, but obviously you didn't you didn't see it or have it as a barrier really with your success. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, if I, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't know. I don't know whether just the idea of being a South Walian helped initially. Um, you know, by the time I by the time I got the job in in um, San Edloise and then obviously got offered the the, the coaching job, um, you know, they they'd all sort of waited for me to turn up for about three or four months because obviously I got employed in the in the May and then I arrived in the sort of end of July August for pre season. Um, and then obviously I, I, you know, I, I turn up and I see a, a 40 year old prop in front of me, the first man introducing me down the training and wondering what I'm doing with all these bloody cones. So, um, no, look, I, I, I base all my coaching basically on relationships and, you know, it's that one-on-one man management. So if you can build those sort of relationships and they know you're essentially not a dick and you sort of know what you're talking about slightly, um, and you know that you've got their sort of best interest really on just trying to help them enjoy their rugby and slightly get better if, if you can. And um, I think if you've got that on your heart, you're not going to go too far wrong. Really. I think, George, that, that's probably like a lot of the, you know, you see a lot of top level coaches like, um, you know, Gats has got a teaching background. So did Joe Schmidt with Ireland. That teaching background's obviously helped with that as well, hasn't it? Obviously, I know it's helped me massively being a teacher and then being able to go to Rill with such a young team at the minute. Yeah. basically they needed like that teacher almost teacher influence but having that personal level would you agree that's the same for yourself yeah i think the the big thing for me is when you you know and it, it's it's not, not a bugbear but when you see like sort of ex-professionals going straight into coaching i understand they you know they know the the environment and that type of stuff but i don't think there's any substitute for having 30 kids in front of you and they haven't got a clue what day it is um, you know, that that really pulls your coaching skills out. So I think having a variety of age groups, having a variety of experiences, um, you know, being able to coach seven players that turn up to training, you know, and 35 players that turn up to training. So I think that massive variety, um, you know, a big one for me, that, that variety will give you that empathy with those players, no matter what situation you're in. Um, so that, that teaching background and that, you know, relationship that you can build and, you know, understanding people are there for a variety of reasons, um, you know, will help really. Yeah. Well, moving on, you know, <clears throat> where did the idea come for the Heart of Wales Sevens? You know, and obviously it's developed massively since that first tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, it seems forever ago now. But uh, yeah, so the first tournament was in 2015. Um, it was um, the ex-chairman, Hugh Jenkins, who I'm sure a lot of people will know yeah. um, from sort of years gone by. Um, and um, I'm not sure if a local club around the area did try to sort of get a sevens up and running, didn't quite work, didn't quite have the support. Um, and essentially, we, you know, they sort of approached me and said, well, do you know any teams from down south that you could pull up? Um, and a few other things just to try to get the ball rolling, really. Um, so the first two or three events we'd done were essentially just a partnership between uh, my business and uh, and the rugby club. Um, and, and just tried to sort of get it off the grounds for, for mutual benefit, really. And, 
you know, we managed 16 teams that first year. Uh, we had a Have you set of, up a business before this or did you set the business up to run the tournament? Yeah, so I had, a, I had a business already running up as a bit of a side hustle, really, with, uh, it was it's called Creative Rugby. Um, and back then it was uh, essentially coach and player development. Uh, we developed an e-magazine. Um, so again, you know, we had we had interviews with Sean Orley and Ben Morgan and all sorts of players and coaches from from Wales, England and so on. So I had that sort of background and, and no, you know, th- there's no hiding away from the fact that I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I think it was a case of jump in and, you know, sort of feel our way around and, and work through it together. And, you know, you get, you know, that first event, getting 300 people you know, to uh, to mid Wales for a big rugby festival sound like a hell of an idea. So, um, you know, we just sort of built from there, really. I mean, and obviously for those people who haven't been there, Clydeloys Rugby Club's fantastic location to hold such an event, huge amount of space. Uh, like to be honest, so even now with the last three years when I've been with Oz Street, just tra- traveling around Wales and England, you're not going to find a better a better venue. I don't think. Um, you know, a couple of stands, a couple of pitches. You know, facilities for everything. Changing room is is spot on. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, it's a it's a great venue, really. And how and how's it grown over these you know the past few years? Yeah, so we the, the first two or three years, like I said, was was essentially with with the rugby club. Um, once once with a sort of ambition got to grow it. Um, you know, in terms of getting netball on board and and more music and the VIP camping and those types of experiences. Um, I think the club sort of felt it was just a little bit too much to handle. Um, so essentially, we sort of parted ways logistically. Um, and then obviously, we went into a little bit more of a, a business situation, if you will, where we sort of hired the facility um, and then I took over the running of it. So what we what we done then was obviously sort of looked at a bit of a rebrand because it was the Creative Rugby Sevens initially. And then we looked at obviously the Heart of Wales that, yeah. yeah, and then we've, we've gone into the Heart of Wales Sevens. And then, you know, we, we've grown quite exponentially, really, because we're up to sort of like this July, we'll be looking at 4,000 people. Um, you know, that's... Uh, that's it's probably you know, almost double the population of Clannid Voice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's about 3,500, yeah. So it's uh, it's an interesting number, yeah. Um, a good old boost for the local town, too. Yeah, and again, you know what? It, it's sort of, it's great to see when you've got the, you know, local people involved and local people supporting it, and you know you can sort of you know, hand on heart, say you're putting something back into the community, you know, quite substantially, which is which is what it's all about for small communities, isn't it? And what, what are the dates of this year's tournament? Uh, so this year is the 30th of um, June, which is the, the Friday night. So 30th of June and then Saturday, the 1st of July. Um, and then everyone tries to get home safe with a hangover on the Sunday, the 2nd of July. Yeah. And are, are all the spots filled for everything? No, we've got, a, we've got a couple of spots left. Um, you know, we, we, we're sort of that size now where we've got 85 rugby spots. Um, I think we're on about 65 solo already. Um, and then obviously we've got 35 netball teams, 20 hockey teams. Um, we've got the Welsh Tug of War Championships. Um, so there's, you know, that that's quite a lot of space to fill, really. So we're sort of getting it. Um, again, you know, there, there's always a few little spots here and there. Like, Again, a couple of proud ones for me is we've got a mixed ability on the Friday night as well as a curtain raiser. Um, you know, we've had the Colwyn based thing raised down a couple of times with Rachel Taylor. Uh, you know, we've always got Cardiff Chiefs and the Dragons come up to us as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a it's turned into a bit of a bit of a beast really. So and if, if if people are interested, what how do they do? Is it go on the website? 
Yeah, website, yeah, heartofwales7s.co.uk, and then obviously the Facebook, social media, you know, Insta, TikTok, all that type of stuff for for everybody is is updated regularly. So plenty going on there. Yeah. And have you have you got some celebs there on the Saturday? I think Sean Holly was he there last year or so? Yeah, so last year was a good one. Yeah, we had Sean Holly comparing, then we had Lee Byrne, um, obviously ex British Lion and and Welsh star, and uh, and then we had Mike Phillips as well. So. Um, yeah, we had Mike Phillips up on the beer for the weekend, which was interesting. That'll be popular um, for netball team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit. I won't say as much about that, but uh, his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his DJ set on a Saturday night was good. There was uh, the twist his arm to do that, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a that was a highlight definitely. And, and do um do RGC come down at all? Do you use it as a as a vehicle for promoting himself? I mean, one of the things we've raised before, and a lot of people tell us is that. RGC haven't really got much of a presence in mid Wales. Um, you can yeah. say what you want, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, look, if if I, yeah, it's it's a it is it, you know it's a tough one. It to put to put it in perspective, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's always people talking about differences between, you know, RGC, North Wales, mid Wales, and and everything in between, really. But you know, when when we started getting a little bit bigger, um, two years ago, we launched the Welsh, and this is what puts it in perspective for me, we launched the Welsh 7 Series. So it's an elite elite men's competition, £5,000 prize money. Uh, we've got three rounds. So we've got a round in Carmarthen, round in Caerleon in, in Newport, um, and then obviously the finals are up with us. Now, that's that's three rounds. Uh, a lot of, you know, the British Army won it last year with the Priscelli Barbars, who are an elite team down in sort of West Wales. Um, you know, you're bringing teams from all over the place. And when I advertise that we've got, you know, the Welsh 7 Series elite men's final as our pinnacle event with 4,000 people watching them at Saturday night at 7pm and there's the only game on. Um, and then I've got comments saying, why aren't you bringing a round up to North Wales? And I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, I mean, Planet Lois is in the North Wales it is region. In the North Wales region, exactly. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's one of those where I send emails. If I'm being honest, I'm getting bored of it. If, I, if I'm being quite frank, I'm, I'm, I'm quite bored of sending emails to the WRU, RGC, you know, looking for that type of support and, um, you know, not, not even support, just involvement, just any yeah. type of involvement, just to encourage rugby locally. Um, you know, encourage the RGC brand, that name, um, and then without sounding like a complete, uh, you know, I got nothing personal. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with how everything's going. Um, but then when you've got, you know, any sort of sevens tournament that pops up in North Wales and they're sending an RGC team, an RGC development team, an RGC vets team, and then they've never brought one team down to us ever. Um, you know, we, we've even offered in RGC and the WRU, we've said, look, we used 36 referees last year for the for the Heart of Wales Sevens. One weekend, 36 referees. Why don't you use that like the Bournemouth Sevens do and use it as a tool to develop your referees, develop your Sevens, use that as that pinnacle weekend instead of me bringing 25 referees in from England? I was going to ask you about how you got uh, all the referees. Yeah, that's it. It's it's it, it. You know, it, it is. We've we've got to go to England, and not not unfortunate, not unfortunately, because the referees we get uh, are very very good, and you know we can't have a game without referees, as you as you well know. So it's just a shame from my point of view that we can't play a, a bigger role in that sort of development. Um, you know, 
if if you know again when you look at my background teaching background that the the welsh seven series as well we we've launched the national youth sevens the national under 16s sevens this year we're doing a national under 15 sevens we've got the under 14 and 16 girls national sevens you know, I'm I'm all about opportunities, pathways, the, the mixed ability rugby this year. We've got the vets rugby. You know, I'm all about opportunities and trying to get more people in, in the game that we love. Um, you know, and people will argue and say, look, it's a business. You're making money. Obviously, I understand that. Um, but some of that money is going back into the club because we've got to hire. It's a bad thing, is it? You know, that the money we're making has got to go back into the club to hire facilities. successful It's going to makes oh, money it's a business yeah. And, and yeah that's it like you know again we we do a giveaway we do a giveaway every christmas for a full kit two thousand pounds worth of kit every every christmas we have teams all over the uk trying to win this kit why and and it's not just seniors we you know we want the juniors and the women's rugby and the girls rugby. you know we just want to give something back to be honest with you and uh you know when it comes to RGC and the WIU—it's a bit of a brick wall, if I'm honest. So that's uh, that's always an interesting one. Yeah, that is interesting. Before we let you go, I also wanted to ask, and God knows how you find the time to do it. I believe you're head coach of Oswald Street Rugby Club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who, who van? Now, am I right? Appointed 2020. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is my third third year. Yeah. And you're currently sitting fourth in Counties Two Midland West. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So things obviously going well. I think you've had at least one promotion since you've been there. Yeah, we had. Yeah, we had a, um, a league league cup double last year. Twenty six games, twenty six wins. Uh, so that was a uh, fair credit to the boys. It was, uh, you know, it was a great, great sort of first couple of seasons. And obviously, the first year I was there was COVID. So it was, um, you know, basically eighteen months of training, which might have helped my cause, but. Um, uh, yeah, no, look, yeah, great. I like again, outstanding club, outstanding people involved. You know, real good group of boys. Uh, looking forward to tour now in April. Um, so, it, um, I'm not allowed to say Amsterdam. It's Holland, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Holland. Not for the wives, anyway, <laughs> girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, so, how's you know? Obviously, we all know community games under pressure, certainly in Wales and also England. I mean, are you finding, I saw your game on Saturday was called off. Yeah. Um, you were supposed to play the team who were bottom of the league. I'm guessing they couldn't raise a team. Yeah, struggling. They were, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you see, I mean, have you got any ideas as to how, I mean, you've talked a lot with passion about, um, you know, getting people playing rugby. I mean, obviously the mid-Wales clubs, Bar Cobra, are all down to just for one team now. Mm. And, you know, and, and, and are struggling numbers-wise. Have you got any ideas how we, we can get more people playing retained in rugby? I think the I think the WRU have really sort of in terms of a positive uh, when you look at the hub officer roles, um, you know you can't do much more than put in a, an actual WRU official in a school, um, and I think that's a you know one of the best moves probably I've ever seen WRU do um, because those roles can play a, a you know a vital role. And I think even though they've been in the positions for maybe six, seven years, which seems like a long time, I think what they're dealing with is is still a lot of youngsters who are still trying to find their way through the last three or four years. You know, we're you know we're all as coaches and clubs trying to find our way through new generations of of you know young people coming through who rugby isn't their be all and end all. Um, 
but I think the the biggest thing is obviously looking at that 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 gap up to you know up to youth. I think once you start losing your youth team in a club, I think it's a very very difficult situation to get back. Um, you know, down South Wales, even down there, I would if I was on the same conversation, I would say there's probably a few too many clubs because you can see some clubs who are doing really well but it is to the detriment of somebody else uh, yeah. who's down the road or whatever. So, you know, mid Wales is different. You know, population is obviously the, the big issue, you know, really. Um, but again, it's just having that culture and that environment from a young age and being able to sustain it up to that sort of under-16s and that youth gap, really, into seniors. And, you, you I mean, in Clannadoys, is it Adam Price who's the hub officer? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, he's he's the he's the main man. Fair play to him. He's uh, yeah, up. And I, I'm I'm not just saying that because I'm his best man as wedding, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's good as gold, Adam. Fair play. He's he does so much for, um, you know, the pupils in the area. Um, you know, we've got quite a unique situation where we had Adam going out to the primary schools as well as the high school and the club link. Um, and obviously he does a massive amount with me with the Heart of Wheel Seven as well. Uh, Heart of Wheel Seven, so. Yeah, Adam. Adam's our main man in Slanted. Nice fair play. Yeah, he, he certainly got high-profile social media. Yeah, yeah. I, I think again, that's sort of you know that's part of it with kids these days, isn't it? If if, you, if they're not sort of, you know, we we done a thing a few years ago where essentially we said, look, we need to buy every kid in in Slanted Lies a rugby ball, a branded rugby ball, because if their mates come over to their garden for a kickabout, they're going to pick up a Slanted Lies rugby ball. Whether that would work now, sort of six, seven, eight years on, I don't know, because it is. It seems to be that, you know, the the sort of Snapchat and the the TikTok share and all the rest of it is is dominant, isn't it? So I think you really have to look at merging that sort of, you know, from a club's perspective, they've got to modernise them. They've got to look at it from from that sort of avenue into into people's lives, really. Yeah, I mean, I think it's some of it. It's a case of trying to get young people involved in club committees too, isn't it? Who understand what you need to do to work with young people today, if that makes sense. You can't just expect people yeah. to turn up. No, you got, you know, I mean, it's, and you don't even have to give them one reason these days. You've got to give three or four reasons for why people are going to be there, plus the three or four reasons for the parents, isn't it? So, you know, it is an all-encompassing approach you have to take. It is a holistic approach, um, you know, and, and the clubs that I see personally that are doing that well, the kids bloody enjoy it. You know that that's the bottom line. Their mates are there, and they bloody enjoy it. Um, so you've got to ask yourself what are you what are you doing to make them enjoy it, really. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, anything else from you, boys? Nothing from us. It's been no. great. It's been great to hear. You know, and obviously you're doing amazing stuff. So keep up the good work, mate. You know, we uh, and we'll put a link out to everything. Yeah, put a link out, uh, and hopefully we'll be down in uh, end of June. Need a driver. Oh. Yeah, no, we we got. So I'm staying over, mate. I'm staying over. Oh, hey, God almighty. Hey, Jordan's already promised me VIP gone pin. Oh, all right, fair enough. I'll sort you out. And uh, if uh, I tell you what, look, if you boys got a team, I'll stick a free team entry in for you if you let me know as well. We'll sort that out. I'll yeah. definitely, you, definitely. I can see, I can see the, go, I can see the God Pod uh, kit now. God almighty. It'll be, it'll be, no, thanks for your time, Jordan. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, top thanks, man. Jordan. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thank you. Cheers. Take care, mate. Speak to you soon. Cheers, See you, lads. Bye now. Bye bye. Top lad. Top, Top lad. lad. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. What an event they've got going on there. What is it? 4,000 people. 
Christ, mental that, isn't it? Really. I mean, like, Take over mid Wales. 85 sides. That's, that's, that's just the rugby. Like you said, he's got the netball going on. It seems to be getting to like the, the sort of like Bournemouth 7 sort of. Yeah, and we're going to have a GogPod side in. GogPod side, put, yeah. put, put, your, uh, put your application forms in to lewischarlesbarker at gmail.com. <laughs> GogPod, GogPod rugby. GogPod rugby, sorry, at gmail.com. Yeah. Put your applications in. Uh, and we'll be picking. Uh, we'll be picking a team from your applications. Send your rugby CVs into. Uh, you will be obviously. Yeah, we'll be VIP glamping, like I said to him. <laughs> no, top lad, really top lad. And uh, thanks, John, for your time. Yeah, seems to be doing a fantastic thing for the for the, the whole of like, Mid Wales. That really doesn't yeah, it? Like, spot bring that profile of rugby up into that. God area. knows how he really finds the time to do everything. Yeah, better misses Aiton. Absolutely. <laughs> Did free northeast. Did free northeast. Let's review there. Big game this weekend there, wasn't there? Top of the table, first versus second. Planet Lois versus. Oh, don't talk about it. <laughs> Planet Lois versus Mold. <laughs> oh, we all hate Mold. <laughs> Lewis is going to lose his head again. <laughs> um, Fix. <laughs> <laughs> what were you on there, mate? I don't Which know. Um, it's the first team against the second team. Let's not get that. No, I mean, uh, Mold's a big club, though, isn't it? So Lou says. The biggest, mate. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we were moulded well in it. Uh, I think the scoreline, obviously, is what the scoreline is. But the, lad, the lads were disheartened. I, I saw some absolute belter videos of the bus back. It looked like they were having an absolute worldie of a time. That's what it's about. Um, and obviously, went down to Ned Lewis, still in it, still top of the league. I know Ned Lewis got some games in hand. If they win those, I think they go a point behind mould if they win the, the, the games that they've got with bonus points they go a point behind mould right. so it's all to play for um, well, yeah but think... also riffing, riffing twos are uh, still in a mix yeah no mould 10, mold 10 points clear of riffing twos 16 clear of Ed Lois but M- they've got two and... yeah have only played are they in the reckoning do you think well, they've only played five games did they play on the weekend with Cumberland? No, they're, they're, un- they're unbeaten. They're unbeaten at five, but... but they're never going to fulfil their fixtures, no, don't they? So. How many have they got left to play? Is that... What is that? They uh, played five. The most... 15. The mo- No, the most have played is 14. The most games. That's Manai Bridge played 14 yeah, so games. There's 20 games in the season, isn't there? This was round 15. They've got 15 games to play. Yeah. In it's not going to happen. 10 weeks. 10 weeks. So it ain't happening. It ain't, it ain't happening. Um... So it's between, uh, well, I've got down here, but obviously it's between Mould, Rithin and Clendlois. Agreed. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, uh, what happens if Mould first team don't get promoted, but Mould win the league, the second go up? The second stay there. No, but the, do the second team in Div 3 North East go up? I imagine. <coughs> Excuse me. I imagine they're going to have, have a look. <laughs> I imagine they're going to have a look at the structure of the lower leagues after this season. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was the there was the email sent out to ask about that about the. the I would guess. And stuff like that. Um, man of the match, Clyde Lois was Lee Adam Price, Rosney, <laughs> Jordan Jordan, yeah. Jordan Davis said it was Adam Price, Lee Rosney. Um, <laughs> other games. Wrexham seconds beat Bro Gwernant 24-18. Yeah, they were 18-0 down in that, weren't they? 18-0 up at half-time, bro. Yeah. Uh, got a red card, second half, changed everything. Wow. Um, Did they what for? No. <laughs> Bro's <laughs> star players were Owen Parry and the number eight. Um, I think it's James Jackson. But special mention to their team manager, Hugh Evans, who played the whole of the second half at age 45. <laughs> um, Why aren't you doing that? <laughs> Because I'm 62. 60. <laughs> um, 
And then Denby 2's lost 1916 to Rose, 1926 to Rose. And that was Phil Blaker's 47th club playing for Rose on the weekend. Did he play for Rose? He did. Um, he and did. looked after, push over, tried to win the game. Dan Williams made a, his senior debut for Denby at number eight, which is good to see some young players Brilliant. coming through. Love that. Love and that. I, I, I think while you mentioned Phil, just worth mentioning, Phil and Aled from Flint were both Gabby Roslin, Gabby Roslin, Gabby Logan was flashing a picture of them on the BBC at the internationals, um, following the fact that they played for Balatus versus. Flint, Flint combined aged 129 years old. Yeah, Brilliant, I saw there was a there was an article on BBC Cymru about Phil. Uh, couldn't understand the word. He wouldn't have understood a word of the article. <laughs> he doesn't speak any Welsh. Good film, so I don't know how on earth. But uh, fair play, Phil. You keep on trucking, mate. You keep doing what you want to do. He literally but, has had more clubs than Tiger Woods. Yeah, because he plays for anyone. But fair play to him. He's keeping going. Um, Div three Northwest. Only two games played. Um, Menai Bridge beat Clangevny 2's 32-20 um, Richard Falks Daniel Jones for Clangevny 2's Menai haven't put up their um, match report yet so I don't know who did well for them um, but as to be said I went to watch Menai Bridge a few weeks ago um, they beat Clangevny 2's I mean you know to be fair Clangevny 2's were pretty much a veterans team Yeah. Um, but they've actually got some quite decent players Menai Bridge yeah there's a 10 isn't there wasn't it? 10's good 12's good good hooker um, they wouldn't look out of place in Div 2 yeah, um, and I think they've played. Haven't they played the most games in North Wales? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You can also tell, and this is one of the issues. Not all of them, but a number of the twos are essentially social sides, aren't they? Yeah. Scratch sides. Whereas a team like Manai Bridge, they obviously train regularly. First team, yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually train though. They've got structure, pattern. Yeah, but and there's a, they've had the the Bangi Uni boys, haven't yeah, they? There's got um, that link there now with Ollie Coles and yeah. So, and well, this is what I think that that idea you said earlier in the year from like the structure of North Wales is probably the best one. That and I, I don't normally agree with you, but I think you can't look really past it. There needs to be some sign like merit league, doesn't there? Below that div two, yeah. It needs to be like a merit league, and then there be some sort of like playoff final system at the end of the year. The trouble with it all, though, entertaining is it comes down to clubs being honest about their capacity. Yeah. At the start of the year, I mean, let's be honest, Cal. Look at this. Real is the classic. You were really optimistic start of the year with numbers. I've got 45! Yeah, first pod. First pod, mate. (laughs) No problem. And then it turns out you can't put two teams out every week. And clubs have got to be... It's difficult, I know. Oh, don't give me the problem. But no. But like, you know, I think people get... One bad result. We start against Carnarvon, get thumped first game of the season. Lads are like, nah, I can't be lost with that. Well, it doesn't help, but you're in bloody Div 3 yeah, Northwest, does I it? I won't moan about that again. But I've had a few messages off a few people like, oh, a real fold in, a, a second's fold in, they're not going to be in the league next year. And, you know. It, you're not going to finish all your fixtures, it, are you? It's such a shame, like I said, though. How, you know, we, we will have 32 lads available most weekends. Um, Portsmouth lost 29-0 to Pafeli. They were at home, but I think we said before, they're not playing they any of their... They? They're, they're, they can't play any of their home fixtures. But away from a rugby, worth mentioning that Cavan's twin brother, Ben... Oh, he completed his... Uh, he cycled cycle. round all the rugby clubs in Gwyneth on, over two days, a few weeks ago, 140 miles in total. And as my source at Portsmouth said, not bad for a 20-stone fat prop. <laughs> what, took him, what took him so long? <laughs> so well done Ben I think the money was for Doddy Aid and I've seen a picture of him handing over a cheque for 3000 to Martin Johnson I said a fair few people do well, well there was a big contingent from Cobra 
who went in the Doddy Cup 555 challenge and they went Cardiff to Edinburgh, 555 miles in all, um, and they raised 21,000. Well, is that where the bit of niggles coming from between Riffin and Cobra? Because I saw a lot of Riffin people doing a lot of stuff for Doddy Aid. Is it a little bit of a... a I don't know. I haven't seen off. that. But one thing I did notice... Um, I saw the picture of Ben giving his cheque to Martin Johnson. I've seen the picture of Cobra handing over cheque. Martin Johnson is a miserable bugger. In both pictures, he looks no smile whatsoever. He's exactly like when he used to play rugby. He's very dour. Probably kick your head in as well. Just, oh, hard just, ass nails. Just, just finishing looking at the league table then in Div 3 Northwest. Obviously, men I top with 14 games played, but... For me, both senior games in hand, they're easy As winners they say, of that league. Uh, to use a cliche, bro are in the driving seat. Yeah. I think so. Obviously, you need to play the games, but I can't see anything other than a bro bro winning that league. Uh, but, uh, but but how good men are just been? But both of those would do fine in Div 2 yeah, North. I think so as well. Agreed. Yeah, I that, that, agree. that, that would, that, that's a good question, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If, say, say this predicament that Lou's talking about, if Mould don't go up and Mould 2's win, you know, who, who's that second place team? Clint Lewis is it, yeah, Clint Lewis and... And who? Yeah, but another team yeah. might not want to go up. Yeah. So See, that for me, it that is not a question. Oh, I don't want to go up. No, no. Yeah, you but then, the other side of that, though, is, Lou, you go up, having not wanted to, and you end up not fulfilling half your fixtures, and the teams you were going to play against get pissed off. You've got to start being realistic. But We're not it, playing it's... championship rugby, mate. Well, I know we're not. But it's, compa- it's, it's, it's competitive. Rugby. Rugby. No, it's competitive, though. To an extent, it isn't competitive once you put some text. Some second teams are social teams. They're two and above are competitive. Yeah. Yeah, but, you can... uh, but, uh, but for me, it shouldn't be at the end of the year, oh, we're not going up. That should be that should have been stated at the start of the year. Yeah. We don't want to go up if we win the league. That's fair enough. Above. Well, that should be said. Yeah, it's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But I think you've got to be, you know, a lot of clubs are just managing to get through, fulfil their fixtures. You know, we've talked about a number of clubs who aren't going to do it. There's no point in putting clubs in leagues and not going to fulfil their fixtures. There really isn't. No. I think that's uh, uh, something that we, we need to discuss in depth, maybe, in, in a future pod, the way we structure the league. The Lou is come. just panicking. As usual, will Maltus be able to get up into <laughs> the division above? Let's be honest, giving it a little oh, waffle about the competitive, but we all know what it's all about, really. Uh, RGC lost 42-25 to Bridge away on Saturday. That's a poor result, that. It is, but RGC, I think they've lost some of their last three visits to Bridgend, you know. Struggle down there. It's not an easy place not, to go. But why, like... not to, why did you not go full goo then? I, well, I'm, I don't know. It's a rhetorical. It's a rhetorical question. Sorry, I got my That's easy for you to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, why, you know, why is Dion on the bench? It did look, I must confess, looking at it, X, Y, Z, why... Why, know, if why if they, is it, it looked look pretty full strength, first team. First first 15. <laughs> D. Um, whether whether RGC feel that they, you know, they're not going to rank top four, I don't know, but I've got some interesting stats on that. But anyway, they're now seven, 12 points behind a playoff place, um, and all the teams above and below Aberavon have played less games. Um, it's still possible, but it's going to be difficult to get top four. Well, let me tell you some interesting stats, gentlemen. If you want to know a problem lies... Busy week, Will. Six teams <laughs> above them, they've played a total of 11 times, right? The six teams above them? They're seventh at the moment. Yeah. 
So they played all the teams above them twice by one, 11 times in total. Right, okay. Have a guess how many of those games they've won. Eight. One. Three. Oh. Out of 11. God. Of the teams who are in the top four, they've played all of them home and away. And they've not lost one. They've won one. They've won who? one. Uh, yeah. The Ebu at home, didn't they? Yeah. So basically, at the moment, they're not beating the strong teams. I think... Uh, uh, I think RGC. It's like the it's like the the Prem's got these two leagues, isn't it? It's like you've got the top half and the bottom half. And RGC, from what I see, they're stuck between in limbo between the two. They're stuck between this performance and development again. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I can I just say from speaking to whoever I've spoken to, Dion is no, it wasn't actually Dion. But if you went full goo every week, they'd do a hell of a lot better than what they're doing now. They're not going for go every week. Yeah, well, they're resting people. They're giving people opportunities. I can yeah, and I get that, but that's exactly what Cows just said. Are they? They're stuck between performance and like not even participation, just development. I think you. Were, but, but, but sorry, but when players are being paid and giving giving retainers, giving win bonuses, it's performance. Isn't it? It's a performance-based criteria. It's a performance-based. I mean, they, they could still reach top four, but it looks unlikely to my mind. Um, Which is a shame because it shouldn't be unlikely. I no. think at the start of the season, they're exactly where you you guys said where they should be, and it, it's a shame because we want RGZ to be as we want this region to be as good as possible. Not just like oh, the best team in North Wales, your, your mid-table in the Prem. No, let's, let's be let's go and compete every year. Let's put RGC. Let's put North Wales on the map. We put that. Uh, that thing out, didn't we, about RGC clubs yeah. because of... Um, and I heard it was North yeah, Wales clubs. It was North Wales clubs, but you know Although what I mean? Hoppo gave a rather bizarre response. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got two massive games between now and end of the season. They've got Aberavon away on the 1st of March, which I think... Well, it can't be the 1st of March. Yeah, it's gone. It's, it's gone. Anyway, they've got Aberavon away at some stage. And if they want to be in the top four, they've got to win that. Um, 1st of April, it must be. And um, before... Before that, they've got the semi. It is first of April, I think. They've got the semi um, at Murphy against Cardiff for the cup on the twenty fifth of March. Yeah, they'll go yeah. full goo there, won't yeah. they? Yeah, you know. And they've got a, both the two games. They've lost to Cardiff. They've run them very close. Actually, and, and, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? They they could have that. You know, they, there could be that performance in them, isn't there? You've got people who have got the ability to put those outstanding performances in, and if they all click, but for, uh, as well from a player's point of view. If you're playing two weeks and then you're getting rested or rotated in in key positions, it's for you. You've got to keep some form. Yeah, you've got to be. You want to be playing every week at at scrum half or at back row. You don't want to keep getting swapped. Right. You want to be playing sixty minutes every week. How many tens of RGC use this year then? Four, five. Four or five. Yeah. 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 It's quite a lot. Be interesting actually to go through, and I will be very boring. I will do this. How many <laughs> players will right. use this season total? Yeah, no, it would be good. And compare good it, compare it. If you compare it to the top sides, Cardiff probably have got the, a similar retention because their squads are bloody ridiculous. But um, other clubs won't be doing that. One positive vote from Saturday was that this year's under 18s captain Charlie Probert made his debut. That was brilliant. That's that. So nice. well done, Charlie. Yeah, he's Charlie. a top lad, Charlie. He's decent. What's well his home club? Uh, well, I think he's a mold boy, but he's went to Chester's. He's an exile. Yeah, exile. Yeah. Um, but he's a lovely lad. Like Abby did all right when he came on. So well done, Charlie. Um, other news under twenty internationals. Congratulations, Owen Evans. Owen Evans from Clankevney. He's come off the bench all three games um, to play for Wales. Um, and Hugh Davis. 
he got injured in the second yeah. game, didn't he? Got injured his knee, didn't he? MCL was. I always find it a bit bizarre. The RGC Twitter account never mentions that Hugh Davis is an RGC ex-RGC player. They always go, congratulations, Owen. Hugh's bloody from Bethesda, played age grade up to 16. He's still North Walian. Exactly, exactly. Is it because he's not played RGC 16s? Is it because he... Do you know what I mean? He's still North Walian. I know, but it's, it's the RGC. And while we're on about the 20s, I hear they are leaving Arius after this season. You hear, hear right, Will. They are. Um, See you later. Yeah, I reckon it has, hasn't it? I think so. Well, <laughs> I think I've seen it somewhere. I've definitely seen it somewhere. I actually, I messaged on the group a few months ago. <laughs> um, I heard it a couple of months ago, actually, from somebody. Fake news. I was told a couple of months ago by someone who doesn't work in World Rugby, and then I heard that the um, WRU staff were saying... Um, I, 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 I heard it's going Kyle Hans Park, which would be... I don't think it's such a big issue as people make out themselves. What will be interesting is... What, what will replace it? Well, I'd like to think, if, they, if they're taking away from North Wales, they play a women's international... Women's international for England would be ideal, wouldn't it, for yeah. Arius? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, we're, we're talking about the moving away from Arius. Is the redevelopment at Wrexham? Do you reckon that could be anything no, to do no with it? No, no chance. Nothing like that? No chance. Do you not think? No. Not with the amount of money Conway can... If, if a WRU started taking stuff away from Arius well, after the amount of money Conway Council churned into it, Conway Council will be very angry, I think. Very, very angry. For a couple of weeks. But I mean, what will be interesting is all the you know the noise that comes from South Wales the whole time about crowd size at Arius. Let's see after a couple of seasons what sort of crowd they're getting from the 20s down South Wales. Yeah. Um, Prove us wrong. I actually think what would be better, why don't we do what we do in England? England spread the games around. Yeah, we do a lot up in, New- in the, Newcastle, Newcastle Bar. Yeah. Why don't they have one game? It's not like they're in camp up here the whole under twenties. Why don't yeah, they play not. one game at Arius? Yeah, one game. Yeah, you know, particularly when it's the free the Blues, yeah, the free blues. you know free Blues. Play the one, play, play the middle one. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Break it up. Yeah. Anyway, well, the lads, well, well that'd be good for the lads. Come up, stay in the key. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like have have a trip up, training camp, bomb done. Um, eighteens finish their season. Yeah. Um, Ethan Say was in the non-Welsh Cup squad. Went up to Scotland at the yeah. weekend. Training squad, training team. Were well, two games played? You know, two separate teams against Scotland. I think Kel Francis would have been in two if he hadn't been injured. Bit of a drop. Bit of a drop. Like age grade season for the, for the Welsh sides. Really. Um, for RGC, you mean? Yeah, for yeah, They found it hard. Yeah. Sixteen boys are back. Um, I saw them play the Ospreys West the other week, and they played very. I know they lost, but Ospreys. West, top of the league, and they played very, very well. Yeah, they lost on the weekend. Yeah, they lost 26-0 to the Scarlets, which I was a bit surprised at. They've got one more game left. They've got Cardiff North to play at home. I'm not sure what the date is for that. They'll be strong Cardiff North, won't they? They Normally are. It's all the uh, Valley boys, isn't it? Yeah. 18s girls, I think we mentioned before, they they finish with a win, two draws and a loss, and as a result of that, five of them got capped by Wales yesterday when they played England at rugby school. Yeah. So well done, Hannah Jones, Sean Jones, Erin Jones, Ellen Jones, and Captain Stewart. Hannah Lane, and she's co-captain. Oh, Hannah Jones. Lane, I've got Hannah Jones. No, Hannah Lane. Yeah. You she's put co- Jones down on the tweet. No, we didn't. The tweet right there, mate. Was another one. I oh wait, apologies, my mistake. Yeah, it's Hannah Lane. She's co-captain as well. Yeah, but fair play to them. Co-captains at the Wales. 
Under-18s? No, she co capped the Argent. Oh, right, so I was going to say the cropping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be fact, fair, they've done, uh, we've got to sing the praises there for those girls. Two seasons running, the girls' 18s have done yeah, really well. Five, done really absolutely well, fine. And, and five five girls in the in the Wales team is and, fucking quality. You know, big big support for, there from Mike Evans. He's been yeah. supporting them all the way through. Yeah. And I know the likes of Gareth Parry yeah. um, have been helping out in the coaching too. Gareth said he's really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's, it's good. Fifteens yeah. have been playing. And Pride of Place goes to RGC South, who beat Neath Schools um, in the bowl Friday night in a game played at the Knoll. And that is their first win in a competitive fixture for quite a number of years, RGC South. That's good. That's good. That's, that's worth worth net mentioning. That's really good. And, Congrats, and, boys. And going even deeper down into the younger age grades, the under-11s North East Wales Schools, wasn't it, this weekend? Both yeah, they, they've beaten Pembrokeshire. Um, and they lost to Cardiff Schools at Moldon Saturday, yeah. And that yeah. would have been a hard game against that Cardiff Schools, in fairness. But I tell you what, I found interesting. I actually raised the question: Why I was it only North East Wales who did under 11s? <sighs> now I was told that the WRU, one of the WRU officials in North Wales, has said they don't like competitive fixtures. At the same time, I was told that I saw on Twitter, Clenethley Schools ran a tournament. They had 15 primary schools involved. Playing under 11s rugby. Well, and we wonder why we're behind the curve in North Wales. Because it's all about participation. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, well done. Oh, it Ken. shouldn't be competitive that young. No, no, no. no. Don't learn to lose. You played North East. You two played no, North East. Compa- no, no, it's all about participation. North East Wales under 10s, mate. Under hey, 10s. hey, no, it's all about participation, but guys. People need to learn to that young. No, no. That, that young, I believe it's all about participation. Win, but enjoy when you're doing it as well. Um, well West lost narrowly 17-14 to Newport on Saturday um, away, and the East game was postponed. Now, this is something um, perhaps not to discuss tonight because it's take quite a lot of time, but I'll give you a bit of food for thought, gents, something we could perhaps look at next time. This season, RGC age-grade teams, that is 18s and 16s, and the 15s and the girls have so far played 28 fixtures. Okay. They've won three, drawn three, and lost Fuck 22. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and how many won have they won? Are they all the girls? No, the girls have won two. one. Um, the 16s won, won one. No, the girls won two. No, they didn't. They won one, drew two, and lost oh, one. Oh, sorry. Ah, right. sorry yeah. So it's one from RGC 15s, South. 16s and girls. 18s. Yeah. Wowzers. It's an RGC South 15s, the under 16s, and the girls. Three out of 28. I mean, I've got thoughts about that. Something we can talk about next time, though. So does that does that come under someone's like performance remit? Does well, not re- get reviewed on that. Yeah, someone needs a tic-tac somewhere, don't they? <laughs> 16s is under performance. The 15s is a bit of a mixture because in the rest of Wales, 15s is run by the schools. Changes need to be made, if not personnel-wise, in terms of focus. In terms of how it's worked, doesn't it? Focus. Because ultimately, and this used to really annoy me when I was team manager 18 16s, we are letting down the players, we are letting down the parents who put a huge amount of time and effort and commitment because we are not supporting them as well as they should be supported. And we're putting boys out on the field who are not as well prepared as the boys they are facing. That's my view. And that's from, in your opinion, what's that from? Well, I think is it, it coaching setup? It starts. No, I think the coaching. I actually think the coaching at age grade in RGC is pretty good. Um, it starts much lower than that. It starts because under twelves, under thirteens, you know, it's, lack of competition. There's nothing, lack of, there's nothing yeah, there. Yeah, that's the issue. You know, in in England they start at under fourteen with a DPP. 
for those people who want to be, um, you know, have more of a skill focus. And in South Wales, they have schools rugby and club rugby, which is of a much higher standard than in the north. I tell you what, though, they are people. There is people around North Wales that are trying to push schools rugby, which is good. But it's rather like Jordan said, it's going to take years for that yeah. to come through. It's a Come to fruition. I mean, I think the RGC needs to lead on this. You've got at least three, if not four, level four coaches in RGC. Now, Saul has done a one-off coaching thing, which I know he enjoyed, and I know that um, those who took part in it enjoyed. Why not set a programme up for the years to empower coaches? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, a whole year, you have it out. What, what you know, what you can do to improve as a coach. And that's, it's not just about improving the best players. It's about improving players at all levels. But then, don't tell me, like, <sighs> just from personal, I don't know the link between Mould Rugby Club and Mould Allen School. And I reckon that would be... Is the hub off said Mould Allen? No, no, there is. But what talk about? Talk of one. But what I'm saying is, or Argoid, or where is that link when they're in year, year 7, 8, 9, 10, 11? To, to going into the clubs and someone going in and taking sessions, it, it ain't there, is it? We've had it. It's only at the it's only at the schools where there's a hub officer appointed. Yeah. So, Mould Allen's probably one of the biggest schools I mean, the in of, North Wales in terms of population. At the end of the day, the and powers, there's not anyone there. The powers that be need to sit down, look at those results, and say that is not acceptable. How are we going to improve on that? Yeah, agreed. And we can talk about in future weeks our own ideas. Yeah. On I've got a few. Other news: the Uni have won their league. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Unbeaten. Yeah, so they took the, they take the big red to lose mascot with them away. <laughs> I've been going to a lot of games. Um, has to be said, as an aside, went to Lancaster Uni. What a setup their sports hall is there. Really? Fantastic. Mate, mate, most university sports hall. No, but you don't expect. Hey, Cal, you don't expect. Hey, I've been to about four or five, and Lancaster's blows all the red. And really? you don't expect to see it. Perhaps I'm being a bit rude here at Lancaster University. Um, they've had two promotions in the last two years, so well done, Joey Simpson and um, Sam Rogers. Okay, coaches. Top work, top work. The girls, women's are in a cup final in Leeds on Wednesday. You going? Uh, yes. Um, on the bus or? Um, well, I'm going with Joey. He hasn't told me yet I'm getting there. I've been on the bus <laughs> or um, in the thing. And they still have a chance of winning the league. Thank you, Lewis. Um, they still have a chance of, of winning the league, so fair play to them. Well, the girls. Um, I've also, as you probably noticed from my Twitter feed, been doing a bit... Well, I haven't been doing anything, but Jesus I've been following Christ. the Seven Circuit with the college. <laughs> You're like a bad smell. <laughs> <according to Andy. laughs> Just wander around anywhere. Anyone will have me, basically. No um, joking, Will. But, you uh, know... How was the North England Sevens? I've had some great times there. Sat on the bench the whole first year whilst Dan Baby went and won the, won the tournament for Kirkham. Uh, um, well, to be fair, they went to Birkenhead with, a, like, a first-year team on Wednesday. Um... They got knocked out in the quarters by Kirkham, who were head and shoulders above any other team there. First time most of those boys had ever played sevens. Um, went to North of England on Sunday. Got battered by Denston in their first game. Who ended up in the final. Ended up in the final, who were very good. So they had a big, there's some big players, Denston, didn't they? They're good. But they then got to the final of the Salder, which is for the teams who came second in their group. Yeah. Um, Kyle Parry from Carnarvon was absolutely bloody brilliant. He was good. He was good. Did I you see it on the video? I watched the final. He was good. Did, did, did you see me on the video? Because you t- t- yeah, yeah, I think you were wearing the same hat as you got on now, didn't you? No, you had that. You had that French hat on, didn't you? That Bobby Lee hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I anyway, did see that. but to put it in context, like there are forty plus schools at North England Sevens. Only two of them are non-private. Clandriflo, 
School Stroke College and Starport High, which I don't, I don't think. Those private schools take sevens really seriously. Yeah, they do. Yeah, because it's a development pathway. Ellesmere got to the semis. We had a couple of North Wales boys in the squad. Sevens is the huge development pathway, isn't it? That's what the, you know, it is a huge development pathway. And I think it's, again... I think it's also a very visual, good selling point for the... um, But like like Jordan said, you know, sevens, it it could be sold more in North Wales, (laughs) couldn't it? Oh, yeah. It should be sold more in Wales. Yeah. But uh, no ride anywhere? Rival... Um, oh, with, that, with that link with the obviously they the used like, to go to North England they, yeah, yeah they weren't in North England they, they are like Stonyhurst Tens and the, Roslyn Park they're in Roslyn Park Clandriffle and Roslyn Park did you go to North England with Rydal yeah did you yeah they're in North England yeah Rydal were in our group did that did did Stonyhurst Tens could be a bit of a toughie in the groups at Roslyn Park for Clandriffle who have they got yeah they've got Millfield have they good luck see you that's that Sebra um, won on Sunday. Name to watch out for, Sam Redshaw, the 12. Absolutely bloody brilliant. He's uh, England, went with England to South Africa in the summer. England um, 18s this year. He's a Newcastle Falcon. Right, can I ask you a question? You what, Didn't you watch Cameron Redpath when he played at Sebra as well? Um, he, was, he was... Didn't you watch him when he played yeah, at Yeah, he was... Any like difference, parity between them? No, Redpath was different gravy okay. at that. Uh, Andy Wills told me that at Roslyn Park... When when um, Redpath was playing for Sebra, people just it was four deep just to solely watch him. Really, because he was such a superstar at sevens. Did you go to the, Did you go to Roslyn Park when Will went down? No, when they got to the final, no, I didn't. Because yeah. that was a, you want to hear the team they played against. His son Will played um, for Kirk and we got to the final. I was injured, left at school, gutted. Who did they play in the final? Sub- Millfield. Millfield. Uh, they had Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan jo- Owen Lindsay Hayes. Henry Thomas. R- Reese Ruddock. Macavana Polar. Yeah, Reese Ruddock. Literally. Mental, li- literally. Will said Jonathan Joseph was in front of him and then he turned around and he was behind him. <laughs> Where, where's he gone? Where's he gone? Um, but yeah, it was a good day out and, you know, fair play to Andy Wills. He really pushes the sevens. They're in a fair few more tournaments and may finish off at Rosslyn Park. Yeah. And just one final thing from me. I know they lost in the quarterfinals, but well done to Bethesda Youth for getting to the quarterfinals. Of the oh, yeah, quarter. brilliant. Yeah, lost to Tom D, but they did really, really well to get there, yeah, so big, well done, man. Well. Yeah. Flying. Yeah. And also, I think in South Wales, from what I understand, by the time it gets to youth, you get these super youth teams, boys from an area all congregate in one team. Well, that's what Jordan was saying, wasn't he? He was like, sometimes that success can be a detriment to yeah. other clubs. So, but... yeah. you know, I know it's easy to have a pop, but there's also plenty of good stuff going on. Yeah. What is, and you wanted to finish off with Cal? Well, yeah, let's talk about the EGM, is it? Should we talk about God, a few yeah. of them? Let's go into the minefield. Bit of a. I won't be able to rank above 10 on the Richter scale with the impact on Welsh rugby from all this, isn't it? Um, obviously, that from obviously outside looking in and, and, and reading, all you can do is read because there's so much shit going on, isn't there? It's a mess. But obviously. The main point is just to increase diversity, like culture, like mindset, jet, like increase the amount of females involved, um, and have general parity in terms of decision makers and independent, you know, ele- elected and also though equally people. equally importantly, I think to try and start separating the professional game. And the running of it from yeah. a community game. Yeah, and and do you think it's also, it's, I think it. I don't know. I don't know if there's another way to describe it. The way I saw it is, it's getting away from this old boys club. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what I find worrying, I found really worrying, 
is that um well a few things one after the last one which didn't it was a majority to change but it wasn't a big enough percentage to to actually enforce the change it's not 50%. It was only about 67 percent but needed 75 wasn't it um clubs in my opinion should be telling everybody how they voted the only club in north wales i know who have come out and said they voted in favour. I'm sure there are others, don't get me wrong, is Denby, who are very open did about it. Did Wrexham come out and say? I'm not sure. Yeah, I honest. think they did. Um, I know one club in North Wales. I'll tell you afterwards who the individual is. I'm not going to mention it on the air. But this person went down and voted against it, believe it or not, and he wasn't mandated by the club. He said, I make the decision there and then. Surely club committees have to make the decision. Yeah, that is, yeah that, exactly. That is like, ludicrous. See, um, but then I thought, after all the fuss about the TV programme, it would be um, obvious the need for change. But I don't know if you saw, there was an article, and I know Wales Online are a bit of a clickbait operation, but some meeting of a district area in South Wales got very heated, had to be abandoned because some 80-year-old committee member said he didn't think there was anything wrong with what was said on that um, documentary. Just said he thought it was a women whinging about not being enough money. I did see yeah, that. I did see that as well. You know, and, but so there are still those but, attitudes. I think Alan Quinns are being quite outspoken, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Stuart Broad, who's there, I think he's a director. I thought it was Stuart Broad, the cricketer at once. Yeah, Stuart But he believed that the, the change could be made without having to have, like, the big change that they're saying with... with uh, females and women being, you know, five out of the 12 being women and all this. And basically saying that the elected officials, um, they're going to lose the voice of the clubs if they have elected officials. I think the point is they they, they introduce it because you've, you've got to shatter the existing culture. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's it, yeah. yeah, I think that's... You've got to blow it out the window that. and start again. 100%. Yeah. Um, and the, and the re- other big issue is the way it is run at the moment, we know through the resignations of Amanda, is it Brace? I've forgotten her name. Yeah. Um, the lady who runs um, Aviva and somebody else. Real high quality. Money, money supermarket. Or yeah, it was the other one. Yeah, compare, compare, the, compare the market. Yeah. Real high profile people are yeah, not going to get involved when they're being told by some ancient committee member how they should be running. These are people who are running multi billion pound FTSE 100, 250 businesses. They're the sort of people. The, R- the WRU is now a business above everything else. It is, yeah. yeah. And unlike English rugby, certainly, the whole game depends on the WRU generating money. In England, yes, the RFU, but clubs are expected. Clubs in England do not get the handouts that the WRU give to all. I mean, the WRU pays for everything in Wales. You know, referees. Yeah. The core grant, etc. So the W the WRU has got to be generating money to keep the game going. Hundred percent. And you need, you know, it's a multi. It's nearly a turnover of hundred million a year, isn't it? So you need but proper business people running it. Yeah, agree, agree, agree. So you know, I know it's just our opinion, but you'd hope that the clubs in North Wales are going to vote in favour of the changes. Yeah, uh, hopefully they are. Yeah, you just hope that there is a, there's a noticeable change quite quickly as well. Don't you? You really do hope that it does get for the better. You know, I've seen it on social media. People calling for the disbandment of the WRU. It to be yeah, started. I think we have extreme people. That, that's very extreme. But you know, you talk about needing a complete reset. How do you complete reset when you've got you've still got some of the some of the old? But it's got to in? the stage now. From what I'm reading, and again, I know the headlines are there to generate clickbait. Uh, clickbait, clickbait. <laughs> that unless changes are made, 
major sponsors are going to walk away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And once a major sponsor walk away... There's talk about principality walking away. I know, away, exactly. So unless these things are sorted, if a major sponsor walk away, the whole thing starts to slide. Yeah. Uh, the ship's uh, you've got you've got all this going on in the background, and then you've got someone coming out and saying, "Oh, we might go and change the laws to under." And like, then you're into a whole new realm of like tackle height, changing it. There's all that in the background. Oh, there's so much going on. Johnny, in it's, it's just no in world rugby. Do you remember though, a few especially weeks, in the UK? It, 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 a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months, well, maybe a month ago, it was like every day for being a new story of WRU. I know. Yeah, it Thanks was it was that. unbelievable, wasn't it? An old Nigel be rolled out to come out with his sound bites, you know, yeah. about meetings and conciliation and strategy, etc. But nothing changes unless changes are made at this meeting. Yeah, no. it's, got, it's got to happen, hasn't it? Yeah, it's got to happen. What do you think is going to happen? I think it'll go through. I think it'll go through as well. I think there's been too much, there's been too much animosity and stuff now that currently for, for it not to go through. If, if it, it doesn't, doesn't go, go through, and it's literally turkeys voting for Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, mate, you're right. Mate, it's, car- it's World War Three if it doesn't go yeah, through. It's, yeah. it's got to. It's got to. Okay, well, not. I mean, and I think after this is, you know, the next big problem, and it's not something that affects... Although I wonder, money's been cut to all the regions. I wonder if it'll be an impact on money being uh, cut to RGC. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? They're not going to be They're not going to be getting the money that they... That no, they the contracts that have been slapped around. What have you heard? No, I'm joking. Barks. 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 Al Barks returned. Al Barks, four-year retainer. Ding, oh, ding. Yeah. <laughs> you'll be with Jordan. Next thing I'll hear, you'll be with Jordan Osmond Street. Tax <laughs> <laughs> coach. <laughs> That's one of his seven offers. <laughs> Ooh. 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 <laughs> anyway, is that, is that it for tonight, boys? I think I so. I think so. I'm joking. Thank you very much for listening to episode nine of the God Pod. A little hiatus. We're oh back. Oh, my God. We're going to have to do something mega for double figs. Double figs, episode 10. But no, thank you very much for listening. Uh, as always, we're, we're, th- we're thankful to all you listeners. Uh, should, we, should we give the listeners a bit of a like date for when the next one they can maybe expect? Well, what we're talking about now is because everyone's very busy at the moment. We're going to try and do it monthly for the time being. Yeah. And as, as close as possible, we will be recording on the first Monday of every month. And depending on El Bark's commitments, it will come out. I'll try and get out that week. Try and get out that week. That, that probably will. I'm in Norway the first Monday. <laughs> well, we'll maybe do it last weekend in. Uh, yeah, last week, week, as close to possible. Close, yeah. as first week of the, the, of the, the month. The first day of the month. But it's been good being back, in it? It's good being but back. I've fully enjoyed that, boys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's entertained me the yeah, whole yeah. time, Cal, but you've got your hands in that. <laughs> in <the laughs> we, we, I think we've got to say a huge thank you to Jordan. Jordan's been fantastic. The Heart of Wales Sevens for coming on. Yeah. Him, there's a great insight into that. Um, but thank you to everyone who's been in touch, you know, wishing us, you know, asking about the pod. When's the next one out? It's great. A lot of the boys from Clan Driftler were asking about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah and, and we wouldn't be where we are without all you listeners. Yeah. So, and we do keep, appreciate the support. Please keep sharing us far and wide, liking us, subscribing to us on every platform you can. Yeah, and we are available wherever you find your podcast, whether that be Apple, Spotify, or Google Chromecast, or whatever that. Oh, and one thing we've got to get we need to get to a thousand followers on Twitter because we we'll do a bit of a giveaway. We're right? very close to that. Yeah, yeah. I think about thirty. We're, we've got some. Uh, we've got some uh, GodPod merch, which we're going to send out to three of our, or four, maybe even five of our of our listeners. So yeah, follow us, send us round, and yeah, thanks very much. And see you soon. Pod. See you soon. See you soon.